Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Mind Your Hives Beekeeping pod- podcast. No, I mean, you know this it's is a, a podcast. No, you know it's a po- If you got here not knowing this is a podcast, then I, I want to know how you got here. All right. Well, welcome to Mind Your Hives Beekeeping. There you go. I like it. Mind Your Hives Beekeeping. Podcast. <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Lehman. I'm here with my beautiful and lovely wife, Kara Joe. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, does anybody else know where, where Kara's dropping with her hello, hello? We had one person, our buddy Steve, shout out, Steve, who uh, after episode one hit, hit me up and was like, ah, I love Kara's hello, hello. I feel like I'm not going to, I can't say what it's yeah, from gonna, now. Yeah. But we'll keep it a mystery. I hope, I hope all of you know, because it's awesome. Um, so this is kind of part two of our last episode, more or less. So we were talking about what is apotherapy and there's so much with apotherapy and I'm so giddy about to talk about bee venom therapy, a a part of apotherapy right now. But, um, we talked about honey, propolis, pollen, beeswax. We didn't even talk about royal jelly. There's so much more to talk about. We kind of just gave a you know, real brief overview, but with some cool science type stuff. Yeah, right? and apotherapy is medicine of the beehive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tran- yeah translates out to like what? What did you, what did you figure out? It translated to like apiment, honey bearing bee. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Um. Not so honey. yeah. So apotherapy. I mean, it's it's well over six thousand years old. It's I mean, it's documented to be six thousand years old, uh, but it's way past that. But we're going to talk today about bee venom therapy, which is uh. Also really old, and I found out in the 1800s, it was super common hmm. for pain management, which I think I'll talk about first, because that's what I'm personally doing bee venom therapy for. And I'll, I'll say BVT a lot, I think, because it's just a little easier at times. Um, but yeah, in the 1800s, you know, grandma would walk outside and be like, my hand, arthritic hands are, are acting up and, and grab a bee and sting herself. And there's like all kinds of literature that mentions things like that. Um, and interestingly enough, this kind of bee venom therapy for pain just kind of dissipated when over-the-counter drugs and painkillers came into the world. And then it's nobody's talked about it anymore, but instead of doing that, you went to the corner store and you got your Advil. Hmm. Or you got your shit back then. It was probably like heroin. I mean, that makes sense because people didn't have access to that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I it's... It's there's so much fear yeah. around bees that I, I I hate that I had never heard of that being a thing. You know, you just think, oh, bees, I'm allergic. I'm going to be allergic. There's I could so die. much fear about bees. Oh, my God. I, you stay away from those bees. Cut our lawns. There's clover growing. We need to cut it because it's attracting bees. You know, there's just all this fear around it. But, you know, how many people are like, I got I got messed up ankles. Maybe I'll go take a walk uh, if I get stung. Hey, at least it might help me. Yeah. Or, you know, it's an extreme example, but like think of it more as a positive thing. I mean, don't get me started on like what a weed is, dandelions and everything. Like that's a made up term to me in itself. Yeah, absolutely. To scare people into keeping these green lawns that have no quote unquote weeds in them. Uh, and Karen and I look at that and we just see a green desert that's that's pointless and just all based in ego. That could be a whole nother yeah. <laughs> podcast. Oh, my heart's beating thinking about it. I'll start yelling at y'all. Um, <laughs> sorry. Jeez, I just took that up. I, I'm going to take a sip of beer here. All right, you do that. Shout out Forest of Maine, little midnight lager, Schwartz beer. So, okay. So, this when we talk about bee venom therapy, um, this all kind of, for me, started when I wanted to do gloveless beekeeping. Yes. And... Um, I wanted to start doing it just because, um, people were saying that you're a better beekeeper, you handle the bees better. Um, so I just, and, and it was something that I was scared of. And so oftentimes if I'm scared of something, I'm like, I gotta do it because I gotta get over this. And it forced me to kind of not be scared about getting stung. And also I had a lot of stiffness in my hands and I remember my eighth grade home ec teachers, this old lady that she taught us to sew and like with her knuckles because she had such bad rheumatoid arthritis and she oh, looked God. like, what is this? Like T-Rex hands? Is that Ugh. a thing? Can you picture that? Sure. And 
I always remember being like, and I, I remember asking her like, what happened? She was like, I have arthritis. And then my hands started getting stiff. I was like, I cannot end up like this old lady. So I was interested in that. And just the few stings I've gotten since then, my hands have been feeling looser and not as stiff and forget about all the stuff you've been doing. So, I mean, I remember for years, I remember I had that, uh, uh, my bee jacket or no, we didn't even have jackets. We just had veils. And in the, in the hot, hot summer, the bees are a little extra pissy. Um, and you know, they don't have access to nectar. It's, we call it the dearth. It's this dry period. And they're just like, the population's high. They don't have a lot to do because there's not a lot of foraging that can happen in that season. So they're just, they're a little, they're a little, they're a little pissy. Um, so we would put on like a rain jacket. It was like, we were like wrestlers, like trying to lose weight. It was so bad and dumb. So it was so so hot. But I remember going, you know what though? Like if I get stung in my knee, it won't be that big a deal. I'm going to wear shorts. Uh, and it'll try to make me less hot. And I remember a couple of times getting stung in the knee and being like, oh my gosh, like I really needed that. And the next day being like, wow, my knee feels a little bit better. It's like a little, it feels like it's like a little lubed up. Um, but I, and I would be like, maybe I should just grab a bee and sting myself. But like, I'm not the type of person that's just going to, like, I want to research that more and learn more about it. And it took me a few years, but I'm, I got to the point two weeks ago and that I said, you know what? I'm going to start doing this. I've got a, I've got a really bad, my right leg has had a lot of, I get trauma. Yeah, for sure. Trauma. So, I mean, when I was 16, I broke my femur and in doing so tore my ACL, MCL and partial tear, tear my patellar, 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 ah, whatever. It was bad. Sounds bad. Super bad. I have a titanium rod in my leg now. I had two giant screws that in a later surgery had to be taken out. I've done just more damage that like I mean just I wrecked this thing. And you're six six, so it's, <laughs> it's a lot of a weight lot of, on it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm 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 hard on my joints. And I've really since I can remember had knee pain and in particular in my right knee. Um and just after doing all the research I said, you know what, I'm gonna try this. So you know, one of the things, and, and this is a little more of a lesser, I think, known um, use for bee venom therapy is pain management. So I have been stinging myself every like two or three days for the last two weeks. And you're so giddy about oh, it. Oh, it's I, it's it's not. <laughs> dude, today, I didn't even tell you this. Today, walking around the yard, I had the thought, man, my shoes are really comfortable. This is interesting. Like, man, it feels good to walk right now. I guess my shoes are really comfortable. I'm wearing like 10-year-old shoes that like would have no reason to be more comfortable. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, wait. Wow. I don't have knee pain happening right now. That's incredible. And I just like, again, like a little like click my heels. Like that was like, what? Yeah. It's, I mean, just going up the stairs. It's, it's crazy. Um, and if it's psychosomatic, I'm going to keep doing yeah. it because it's working. Whatever. As yeah. long as it works. Um. So uh, what is happening when the bee stings? And, you know, here's a good thing to talk about. And you mentioned this in an Instagram post, and I think people really had some cool feedback. um, With allergies. With allergies. So, yeah, hit me. So uh, we had an allergist come to one of our Beekeepers Association meetings and teach us all of this stuff. Um, So when you get stung by a bee and they're swelling, it's a histamine reaction. It's not an allergic reaction. It's a normal reaction to bee venom and there might be localized swelling and heat or there might be a larger area swelling and that an itching that it like itching and, itching redness yeah heat swelling and, and all warmth. normal but if you get reactions. stung in the finger it might be your whole hand if you get stung in the hand it might be your hand and wrist and your arm it it's it can spread but to a localized area now if you get stung in your hand and you break out in hives, that is not a histamine reaction. That is an allergic, that is actually an allergic reaction. Um, The reason you get stung, the reason you swell up in your extremities too, is that the swelling doesn't have anywhere to go. So when you get stung in your finger, your hand's going to swell up considerably more than if you get stung in your shoulder, because the area around your shoulder, there's a lot more room for that swelling to spread out. So it's like a dead end. It's a dead end. Exactly. So that's what, and a lot of times, you know, you're using your hand, you're stepping, you know, some people will maybe step on a bee, get popped in the foot. You're going to experience a little bit more in those extremities. It's just, that's like a, 
that's what happens. Yeah. You know, but it's what people see and they go, I had a really swollen hand or we had a woman, which this really benefited us, but she reached out and said, said that she started, she got stung in the hand or arm and she had a red line form up her arm. And she was like, my doctor said that that's a sign of an allergic reaction that I shouldn't be a beekeeper. She gave us all our beekeeping equipment. And our friends, all her bees. Yeah. Like, yeah. Our, Which I yeah. think they end up dying. She probably wasn't really into it, but I specifically. She, she wasn't treating properly for mites and her, the bees died, which, hey, that's what's going to happen there. So I asked the allergist this question about the red line. And he said that if you get a red line when you get stung, it's also totally normal. It's actually a good sign. It's taking the toxins out of the area. Yeah. It's showing your like lymph nodes, lymphatic system is working and it's flushing the bee venom out. Which I think it probably ends up going out through your liver or something. Yeah, I mean, the only way we can get rid of toxins are through pee, poop, and sweat. Yeah, well, um, so I'm doing it for I'm doing this for pain management and for who knows? I think it's going to cause healing here. So, uh, but what's actually happening? So, the bee venom there is there's an active compound in bee venom called melatonin. Pretty sure it's pronounced melatonin, and um, and that's the compound that that doctors have isolated or scientists have isolated that that is approved. The FDA does not approve live bee stings as a medical treatment. They say that because it, they're live bees and you can't sanitize them, it's there's too high of a risk of, of infection because they're unsanitary. Um, there's easy arguments back on that. A, you don't see infections, and if you do, it's no different than like a paper cut, quote-unquote, infection. Um, and actually, the bee venom itself will kill and help against an infection. So if the, if the bee is something on it and it gets into you, the bee, the actual bee venom is going to help protect you, but whatever, I don't care. I'm not a doctor. I'm not doing these treatments. I'm not doing these for other people. Um, maybe I could provide bees to people that want to do this. And we'll maybe talk about that at the end, but, um, it, it, FDA doesn't approve it. So, so, so melatonin must be the thing that allergists give people for bee allergies. I think so. Yeah. Although there is, um, you there is also venom that needs to be collected. It can't get dried, and there's ways that they collect venom by shocking bees that are on a. Oh yes, I've seen that membrane drips down. Blah blah blah. Okay. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen that actually, so I don't want to speak too much on it. But, Got it. Um, all right. So so uh, bee stings for pain therapy has hap has been a thing since the 1800s easily. Um, but what's actually happening? So cortisol is being rushed to the site. So bee stings you, injects. It's interesting. It has like a two-part stinger. The first stinger goes in, and then like this little hook goes in. And when you when the stinger gets pulled out, or the bee leaves, the stinger stays because that hook, and attached to that hook is the venom sac, which also stays and will keep pumping venom in for about fifteen minutes. Unfortunately, the bee dies. Uh, so after I do this thing, I just like immediately kill the bee. Some people don't come in soapy water. I just like quickly rip their heads off. It's terrible. It's not a good feeling. But, you know, it's a part of this whole thing that we have going on here with the bees. We got about a million bees. So, all right, I kill five, you, ten a week. Do I you still like feel thank bad. them? Every, every single one, I go, thank you so much. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or I go like, thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. It's very sad. Um, so the cortisol, you, you were saying, yeah. So cortisol gets rushed to the site and what cortisol is, is, um, it's, it's like a super drug that we create. It's a it's, stress hormone. It's a stress hormone. It's for pain managed, pain suppressing, um, anti-inflammation. All of these healing characteristics are involved. Um, but really doctor scientists think the reason it's being rushed to the site is that it's there to dilute the bee venom. So it, it can't be active in your body. So it's going to flood it try to dilute it and then your body's going to heat that area up because when your body's fighting something foreign it's going to heat it to try to kill it so that's why literally you'll have it'll be warm to the touch um but that cortisol is not getting sent to my jacked up scarred up knee on its own so it's forcing my body's immune system to target an area and act on it so the cortisol helps your knee Yes, that cortisol is what's helping my knee. Oh. I know. I didn't understand that until just now. Yeah, so with with uh, with different 
situations with bee venom therapy, um, a lot of those involve killing bacteria right. um, and fighting, uh, mainly fighting bacteria, honestly. This is different. This is causing a reaction. It's causing a anti-inflammatory response um, by my immune system. It's forcing its hand. And with rheumatoid arthritis, it's interesting because with rheumatoid arthritis, it's an autoimmune disorder, which means basically our body is it's it's um, the immune it's turning on itself it's fighting good tissue instead of bad tissue right yeah so with rheumatoid arthritis it's sending inflammation to these sites thinking it needs like the inflammation is there to whatever kill cushion i don't really fully understand where inflammation comes into play but you get these inflamed joints that shouldn't be inflamed they're not there's no um scarring there's no tissue scar tissue there that they need the inflammation to heal um so then the bee sting comes in and gets a rush of anti-inflammatory response Mm. it's forcing the body to send anti-inflammation uh to those sites and then more is happening and we'll talk about it in a minute but more is happening there where it's like continued uh it'll continue helping the person well beyond the bee venom being there um so how, what do you think? How do I do it? Like, Yeah, but do you want to talk about the vitamin C? Because I think that's with the cortisol. That's important, right? So I think that's like a wonderful transition. So what is my protocol for doing this? And, I, you know, again, I'm not just like willy-nilly grabbing B, stinging myself. I, I want to make sure I'm doing this properly. So what's the protocol? First and foremost, um, I know I don't have an allergic reaction to right. bee stings. Now, any day you can, it can happen. Um. In order to kind of guarantee yourself it doesn't, you need to be stung a hundred times a year. That's what the allergist suggests. And the allergist also told us that people are like, okay, I'll go to the doctor and find out if I have an allergy to bee stings. And you cannot do that. They yep. cannot tell you. Yep. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but I think a lot of people think that you can find that out. And he was like, yeah, you can. He's like, no, it's not really a thing. And you can become allergic at any given time. So it's really not a thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so you know you're not allergic. I know I'm not allergic. Um, but if uh, the first time I did it, um, I did it on the same day that I got stung on my hand. And I immediately, within about a second or two, I scraped the stinger out of my hand. Um, and I didn't have any reaction. So if this were like standard protocol and I hadn't been stung in a bit, um, I would do a quick sting. I'd sting like, you know my knee, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, let leave the stinger in for two seconds, scrape it out, wait 20 minutes and make sure I don't have a, an allergic reaction. I don't have anaphylaxis. I don't have hives break, breaking out anywhere that I only see a local reaction there, a histamine reaction. And I think it's a good point to make that if you do get stung and you're not doing bee venom therapy or your child gets stung, scraping out the um, stinger is important because if you try to pull it out, you squeeze this venom sack. Yeah, so and it shoots venom, yeah, that's more a venom. Great in you. point. Yes, that is such a good point. Um, with a credit card or a knife, you scrape that stinger out. You can kind of see it's usually in at a one a certain angle, and you scrape it out with a with you know. Um, I'll, I th- I'm going to put a, a little like Instagram reel out of me doing that of stinging, and the very last thing is the me with the knife that I always use. Scraping the stinger out. But yes, you can see this sack in there pumping. And if you squeeze and pull, all you're doing is emptying all of the sack into your skin and you're going to have a larger reaction. So, um, All right. So you're taking vitamin C before you do this. Oh, yes. So an hour before I do this, I'm taking a 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. You want to take 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams. Why do you want to take vitamin C? I don't know. Why, Greg? <laughs> Uh, your bot, our bodies need vitamin C to make cortisol. So, um, if you don't have vitamin C in your body, cortisol is still going to be needed to send to that sting site and cortisol is stored in the brain and in your adrenals. So your body's going to grab the cortisol that's stored in your adrenals and send it to the sting site. Well, you can't just rip the cortisol out of the adrenals without going into a sort of shock. And that's where these shock reactions come from. I'm sure there's other reasons. I'm sure there's, you know, medical allergy reasons, but there is a link between vitamin C deficiency and this happening um, to folks if they're not, quote unquote, allergic to bees. And we'd also, you don't want to stress your 
adrenals. That's just no. never good. So yeah, so I, I do a, a, a thousand milligram um, vitamin C tablet before I do any of this about an hour before. You don't want to do it too far before because your body will just pee out the vitamin C, the extra stuff, if it doesn't have any use for it after an hour or two. So do it within an hour, you're good. Um, where do I sting myself? So knee is easy for me. Um, and it's the first place I've done. Um, it's not really an extremity. So there's plenty of places for the, uh, for the swelling and stuff to go. Uh, if I was doing this to work on my hands, I think the better move would be when you start doing the therapy, you start up at your shoulder and over the course of time, you work yourself, you work your way down to your hand. If you just start with your hand, you're going to have more of a, of a swelling response immediately than you will say five treatments in 10 treatments in. But your leg is your extremity. Yeah, but it's not my foot. So it's like not the end of extremity, that dead end that we were talking about. Yeah. Got it. I don't consider my knee an extremity, but I mean, uh, I is it? it? Is. I thought it was leg? like feet and hands. No, I think it's legs and arms. Extremity. Sure. All right. It's not the tip of my extremity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started with doing by doing five stings. Reason being, we get stung all the time. I've noticed over the years, I've built up a little bit of an immune. Immunity is not the word. A tolerance. I guess for, swelling. for bee swings, I don't swell up as much. I used to swell one sting and like my arm would be, I'd like pop eye out or like my hand would get hit and I'd look like the nutty professor. Um, even the last time I got stung on my face, I didn't get like the crazy swelling like I did mm-hmm. originally. Um, it, so yeah. I started with five. Um, I, were you going to ask, does it hurt? Yeah. Cause when you get stung by a bee, it's a hot searing pain. Yeah. So the pain mm. is never not going to be there. You're not, you don't build up a tolerance to the pain. However, I take an ice cube. So I, you mark where you want to get stung. So I knew I'm going to do around my knee. Um, really, you put poke and prod, push around a little bit. And when you find a, a spot that's a little more sore than another spot, you know, you kind of have those little like joint areas yeah. where you can kind of feel like, oh, there's tenderness there. Yeah. I dot it with a Sharpie and that's going to be a spot. So I pick five spots around my knee. Um and I, I, I take an ice cube and I just numb them. It's like, uh, I guess, the same thing you'd do if you're getting your ear pierced, right? So the, the ice actually helps. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It it depends on the spot, but some of these things I don't even feel. Wow. Or if I do feel it, it's like um, really light. Wow. I got to try this. Um, But it's also interesting because you get a little bit more pain once the stinger once I take the bee and lift the bee up and the stinger stays in and separates with the venom sac, it's like a little extra. And that's like the more searing feel. The first, when you actually get stung, it's just a little stab. Then when the stinger gets pulled or the bee gets pulled out and the sac is still there. I guess the sac, that's when the sac starts pumping maybe. It starts pumping and that like the hook is in. So I think as you pull out, that hook probably is kind of like getting pulled and is a right. little bit more of that and that's pain. also why you want to when you do take it out you scrape it off because the hook's in there too right well or? that's just why it stays in got it um anyway um so i do that and then uh the first time i did it uh the first time i stung myself i left the stingers in for like five seven minutes um i just like walk up to the hive so i i, I take a chair sit it next to the hives Sit down, put my leg up, put ice it a little bit. So I think it's like, you know, I'm not really feeling the ice cube so much. Um, and then I uh, I walk up and I just, with a, uh, these reverse tweezers, so like you squeeze them and they open. When you let go of them, they close. Um, I've bent them so that there's a, like a little bit of a gap so that when I, I can squeeze them, grab a bee, let go, and the bee isn't just getting like squished to death. Mm. Just holding onto her upper abdomen. Um, and then I go back, sit down and I, I kind of, you kind of scrape the, the ass, the bee's ass on over the spot I want. Uh, and sometimes you got to like, give it a little like touch. You got to kind of like tap, tap the, their back by the stinger and then they'll sting you. Sometimes they sting you right away. Sometimes it's like, they're not going to, they're like, no, please. <laughs> well, they, again, they die when they're stinging. Right. So like it shows you just how much bees do not want to sting you. I'm right. holding the thing in a metal tweezer, I'm pushing it against my sting and it, my skin. And it's like, nah, dog, I don't want to do this. Can you just put me back? Yeah. 
I'm like, you're making this even harder. And then you tell you tell them you love them. You tell them I love them and thank them. Um, leave them in. I set the timer. So after the last one is done, um, and I mean, every time I do it, I just get like a little better at grabbing them, a little better at knowing how to get them to sting me. It's interesting. Just Is it painful the whole time the stinger's in you, or does that pain go away? Um, the it's when when I take the stingers out, I think that's when the pain starts like kind of dissipating completely. Okay, so it's there the whole fifteen while minutes because they're, well, they're yeah they're it's pumping venom in for those fifteen minutes. But are you like yeah medicine? I know it's one of those things where it's like this itchy kind of pain, but it's like it's working. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Um. So yeah, so I leave them in for fifteen minutes. I scrape them out. I'm good to go. And you dance around, hop up the stairs. Yeah, I mean, there's I experience swelling, and I'm I'm feeling my knee through my pants right now. I did this at I don't know noon, eleven a.m. It's it's like eight now. Um, I still feel the warmth, but the swelling doesn't seem to be there anymore, and I still feel like a little tenderness at the sting sites. And then you're supposed to wait till all of those symptoms disappear before you sting yourself in that spot again, right? Yes, yes. So, uh, say in two days I was ready to do another treatment. But I went and I touched those sting sites and I still felt tenderness. I should not do it there again. And so then, I should wait until the next day. So has yet to be last more than a day. So you have been doing this, what, every other day, every three days? And then is there like you're supposed to do this for months? So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I after the very first dosage treatment, I felt the best I've felt in a long time. And I feel better today than I did three treatments ago. Um, I said to myself today that I this might be the last treatment I do on my knee and I might move to my, my bum shoulder. I feel so old talking about like aches and pains. Yeah, but like you said, you've been <laughs> having aches and pains since you were yeah. growth spurting. Uh, teenager yeah and i mean you know 20 years ago i did the i broke my femur and all that and then you know not long after that i dislocated my shoulder and i broke my collarbone i mean just like ugh, just like jacked up yeah thank I mean, god I still for the have bees. That, like crazy swelling that happens in my shoulder my it'll pop out of socket like so i figure all right why don't i why don't i do shoulder yeah i'm interested to see if you'll have the same effect like good effects in your shoulder as you've been having and, in your knee and become a major league pitcher okay Here maybe we go. maybe maybe do the high lie circuit in florida I soon don't know what that is but something that involves shoulders okay you know that like basket that like they tie to the arm and they th oh yeah throw the yes. little ball like it's not miami style all right what else is involved there? there's more so you want to detox. So you want to make sure. So you're so this bee venom, it's interesting. Um, for pain management, the um the cortisol is being sent and everything. Um, but there's still the bee venom still has all these other properties. And it still can attack and kill bad bacteria. We're gonna talk about that next. Um it also like can just like in the nerve pathways and things, it like can they say it like cleans up junk. Like it'll just kind of like clean out as it's running through your system and then your body is going to get rid of these foreign substances or dead substances that it's killed does it go into your blood yeah it goes into your okay. blood so it goes all throughout your body i guess it depends but then it, on it, how so it, 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 dilutes it dilutes as it goes yeah. okay so when you get stung along your spinal cord that's when you're when you're directing it into your central nervous system and it's going to run along your nerves but say you're stinging your knee i don't think it's going into the central nervous system I don't maybe it is a little bit or something, but um, it's a little different. But you need to detox because you have now you have dead toxins. You have things that are in your body that weren't there before um, and you need to get them out. So you need to support your liver. So uh, Karen, and I already do this anyway because I work in the beer industry and we're constantly drinking. But and from the mold toxicity, we did this. Yeah. So milk thistle to support our livers. Livers are doing so much work and they really respond to milk thistle. It's it's pretty nuts. You should look all that up. We could probably have a podcast on that. Um, I drink. I, I started. I put a little lemon in water after I do it. Apparently lemon water helps detox your body. Um, a little exercise, a little yoga, like, you know, get a little sweat on um, dry brushing. Kara, I don't, you dry brush. Yeah, I love dry brushing. It makes me feel so good. So what, it's, what is it? Yeah. 
Uh, it's literally a dry, a brush, like with soft bristles, and you brush your skin and you start at the lymph nodes and you just like activate the lymph nodes to help move them, and then you brush your body along your lymph node system. Interesting. And it moves toxins out, and then I do it when um before I go into our we have an infrared sauna because of the mold toxicity, so that also helps heat up the body, create immune response, and push out toxins. And the sauna, they mentioned saunaing is good. However, you don't want to sauna the day you do um, BVT because the sauna is heat, putting your body in a false sense of heat. Fever, yeah. Fever, a false fever. I mean, I guess maybe an actual fever. Um, and that could break down the compounds in the bee venom quicker than they would on their own. So you want to do the sauna the day after you... Um, have a treatment. Yeah, elicits a immune response, kicks out white blood cells. So that'll go attack whatever. Yeah. And you kind of want your body to be able to process the bee venom on its own. Um, good old fashioned enema. You get enema is good to detox. Okay, I'm going to pass on that. Hard one. pass or like a soft pass? Mm, pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> pretty hard pass. Um, and then interestingly enough, something that uh, I typically will take turmeric um, every day or two. Uh, Days that I am doing BVT, I don't want to take turmeric. You don't want to actually give your body anti-inflammatory meds because then they suppress the the uh, inf- inflammation responses that you're looking for in a lot of cases. So, so same thing like sauna. Don't go in the sauna. Don't yeah. take anti-inflammatory. Also, I learned about detoxing is fiber is a good detox because you have all of these toxins in your body and then your body... The toxins need to bind to something. And so um, fiber is one of those things. I can't remember right now what else you could take, but yeah, it helps. helps And just like generally like be a little healthier, you know, support your immune system, meditate, try to cut out stress, get get ample sleep, you know, support your immune system. It's not just a cure. Something never things aren't just a cure all. You know, it's a total total package that you have to take care of yourself. Um, so that's pain management. That's what I'm doing this for right now. Um, I think there's a lot of other benefits that are coming with it, but this is the reason I am. And please like follow us along as I do this. I, I think Kara's going to be doing it soon. I just heard her say a couple minutes ago, like I should do that. Well, you even, if I told you this this morning, but if you would have said to me, I was on a phone call this morning when you went out to do it, but if I wasn't, you were being interviewed. I not. I mean, <laughs> no. Um, but n- let's not even shout out Heidi. Um, she's not listening. <laughs> I hope she's listening. Um, oh, I was gonna do it with you. I was gonna do it on my hip. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, your reaction, and you're not bullshitting anything. Like if it's not working, you're not gonna pretend like it is. Let's <laughs> no. be honest. So if- I, I mean, it feels. There is an ego side to bee venom therapy because it's badass. I I mean. But that's not changing how your knee but, feels, is it? So like I, I went into it like this is pretty rad. I want to do this kind of because it's rad, but I think maybe it could help. And then just immediately felt the effects. And yeah. it was just like, wow, okay, this is amazing. I'm going to keep going. Um, The more common, I think, uh, these this day and age, the more common use for bee venom therapy is mm, for... Lyme disease and Lyme disease is it's so it's it's bacterial suppression. So what else can BVT be used for bacterial suppression, Lyme disease, um, tumor suppression, HIV suppression, um, increasing bone density. It's getting popular in sports um, for muscle recovery and bone recovery to do B venom therapy. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis we touched on. Um, pain management, obviously, we touched on, and, and inflammation. So, like, did you find, like, since rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune, did they have, like, autoimmune deficiencies, period? Was that discussed, or just a rheumatoid? No, there was other ones, and there was even, I mean, there's even folks that do it for MS and do it for ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, I, that was, like, a whole nother ball game to dive into. Right. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a list considerably longer. I tried to really just mention the things that... I also found studies on that right. backed it up. Got it. Um, there's a really interesting rheumatoid arthritis study I didn't mention before. Um, so they had uh, rheumatoid arthritis patients. It was like 50 rheumatoid arthritis and 50. I think this was on the National Institute of Health um, website. I don't know if it was their study or they published it. But um, so 100 total 
total patients, 50 in the control group, uh, or excuse me, 50 were given B venom therapy and 50 were given the late leading rheumatoid arthritis medicine. And with both B venom and with the, the medicine, um, stiffness was, was less, uh, pain, like sense pain sensitivity, uh, just overall pain, um, all were lessened. So like it showed they, they all worked, but when the drugs were not present and the B venom was no longer present, they showed considerably less of a relapse rate for patients that used the B venom. Um, and when they were able to, they were, they tested people on what their pain levels were and they showed a slight deviation, a slight, slightly better job by the B venom. Um, but the one tangible thing is they had people do grip tests, strength tests. Um, Strength was increased when the drugs were present as well as the B venom. Um, but you had more strength when you're using the B venom. And then afterwards that strength held up and, um, you had considerably more strength when the B venom, the folks that used B venom therapy, uh, were no longer doing the B venom therapy and the folks were no longer doing the medicine. Um, there was a considerable, um, difference between the longer lasting, yeah, so it kept working. Or, or like, you know, I know that studies don't really want to use the word healing, but it sounds like there might be more healing rather than just covering up the symptoms of. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, feel, I don't know. I feel like that's the case with a lot of natural remedy, natural things. It's they're like proactive versus entirely reactive. Well, and you're treating the cause, not treating the symptom. You're treating the cause of the problem not just the symptoms yeah, like yeah, my yeah, hands yeah. hurt so let's make your hands not stop hurting but like let's help the autoimmune reaction that's happening in the hands for a rheumatoid rheumatoid so yeah so with lime this is very reactive uh but lime disease so deer ticks are like the big cause of lime although you can get it in uh, through other insect bites um but uh, the deer tick carries, not every deer tick, but um, many deer ticks carry Borrelia. It's a bacteria found in Lyme disease, or that is the cause of Lyme disease. Um, and so that is a, a pathogenic bacteria. What's pathogenic? So pathogenic, so there's good bacteria. Our bodies are full of it. We have, you know, six pounds of bacteria <laughs> in our bodies, not 25, like I said last episode. Uh, six pounds of bacteria in our body, All most of that is good bacteria. Um, pathogenic is disease causing bacteria. It's bad bacteria. It's E. coli. It's staph. It's, uh, I don't know. Salmonella. Salmonella. Um, the pneumonia one, pseudomona bacteria. Um, so those I, I was able to list cause I wrote them down because there was a study done and it tested B venom versus the leading antibiotic with specifically the staph, um, E. coli, Salmonella and Pseudomona. Um, and the, first of all, they found that B venom does nothing for Salmonella. Didn't affect it at all. It was no big deal. The antibiotic totally worked against Salmonella. Um, but with the other four or other three, whatever, they found that the antibiotics, they worked. They stopped the cell division um, and other processes of the bacteria, just like antibiotics are supposed to. Um, but B venom, it poked holes in the biofilm. So it like shivved the bacteria and then went in and killed it. Um, but also allowed for other immune responses to kill that bacteria. So in this study, they just, it was just B venom, but in our bodies that, so the, the, the B venom is like stabbing holes in this biofilm, this protective layer around the, the bacteria cell. Um, and it allows our, our body to come in and do its job too. So it allows your body to come in and join forces and it allows good bacteria to come in and fight bad bacteria with the help of bee venom, like totally working together versus, you know, I talked about in the beginning, like antibiotics kill. Just come in and they, they're not really, they're wiping they're not, out anything. They're not so, so, antibiotics aren't as selective. They'll kill a lot of good bacteria. I think that's called opportunistic. Like bee venom might be opportunistic. It's going, it's doing, 
what it needs to for certain things. It's not just wiping everything out. And maybe that's why. So is it the same with Lyme as it is with rheumatoid? Like there were lasting effects. Yeah. Because they're weakening the so, cell. So this whatever. wasn't for Lyme. This was just with these other bacteria. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but it showed that the the bee venom, it came in, it stabbed it, it, you know, it poked holes. And then that didn't allow for that bacteria to, to grow versus when the antibiotics were gone bacteria went back to doing everything it was doing before right because also you create a circumstance where all the good bacteria is gone with antibiotics and then it can allow the bad bacteria to grow which is antibiotic antibiotic resistance yeah and and in within that study there was a note these are the leading um the most popular bacteria which also are the bacteria that are showing resistance to antibiotics they're like the cool kid bacteria they're just the ones that are most most popular (laughs) most popular bacteria they like pop collars (laughs) oh god um it's kind of like bleach versus vinegar um we use uh high what is it like 10 percent um vinegar solution to clean our counters and to do disinfectant work um, it's just white vinegar. I don't even. It's just whatever. Yeah, but the, the regular stuff is five percent. I think we use ten percent. It's like a little more um, harsh, less diluted. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. You know, you 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 clean your counters with bleach. It just kills everything, and then whatever comes back has a fresh palate, has a fresh, you know, petri dish to grow. When you use vinegar, vinegar is a bacteria, and that is going to uh, allow for the good bacteria to stay. And fight off bad bacteria, and it has a little bit more of a lasting effect. Granted, again, like you know, bleach is going to wipe out everything. There's things that vinegar isn't going to wipe out. You know, I don't think vinegar kills the COVID nineteen, SARS, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, although I don't think that like lives on countertops. Or who knows what they figured out? Sure, it was different a year and a half ago yeah, when we right? thought it was like that was terrifying. That was terrible. I remember just like being afraid to touch my face because it was like, if you touch your face, you're going to get it. I think you still shouldn't touch your face. It's true. It probably broke a pattern of me touching my face more, right? Yeah. No eyes. Don't touch your eyes either. So so that was the, the study that very much proved that bee venom fights bacteria more successfully than antibiotics. But also, again, like they can work together, which I think is the bigger thing. We need to work together in these circumstances, not one or the other. So um, you're like Eastern or like natural medicine, Western medicine it doesn't have to be one or the other. And we talked about like, I, I just, I say it again, you know, pe- the people have for thousands and thousands of years has, have been doing things that modern science is proving was correct. Yeah. We talked about it in the last so one. So cool. Yeah. Like with the propolis and the, and the bee pollen and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Lyme disease. Science. Yeah. So Lyme disease in particular. So here's the really the big thing with Lyme. Is that that Borrelia bacteria is um, able to get into our central nervous system? It's able to bore itself into our brain and into our spinal cord and into our our nerves, and that's where these problems come arise that are really like very not black and white. It's not just like swollen joints. It's headaches. It's um. It's funny. Brain fog. As <laughs> Are you I can't it right remember. now? Yeah, yeah. Word repetition, <laughs> uh, word loss, word repetition, <laughs> tremors, headaches, uh, sleep disorders, fatigue. These things that just are very much like, what is is, this, is something wrong with me? Like, I don't know. I think that's also why people have such a problem with Lyme and want to say that it's not a real thing. It's like, and, like it's being used as an excuse or something. And so, I mean, even Pick doc- yourself up with your bootstraps. Yeah. Like doctors, I've, a doctor told my friend, you don't have Lyme. Lyme isn't real. That's a cult. Don't go, don't even go talk to like these people. Beer number two. Um, so yeah, I think because the symptoms can be so obscure people, it's hard to figure it out. What do you have? The whole chronic limes and, and, and the thing, all right. So the thing is with this Borrelia bacteria is that it can lie dormant. So you can think you wiped it out with antibiotics. You think it's gone. And the test for Lyme disease is actually testing. If you have antibodies, um, if you show antibodies that you show that you have fought the bacteria, and if the antibodies aren't present, and guess what? They're only present in like 20% or something. I, I don't want to quote the number, but they're not present in 
a hundred percent of the cases of people have Lyme disease. So the test isn't even right. It's a flawed test to be. Yeah. Um, and it's testing like the end result of a bacteria that can lie dormant and show up years later or a day later after the test. So the test doesn't tell you that much. Um, and the, the, the bacteria, it can hide in your bones. It can hide in your central nervous system. It can hide in tissue. It can hide in organs. Like it, it can hide itself. It's very smart. Bacteria isn't very smart and finds a way. Nature will find a way. What did Jeff Goldblum say in Jurassic Park? I have no idea. Something like that. Um, but here's the big problem. It can cross into your brain. It can cross into your central nervous system through what's known as the blood-brain barrier. So there's a membrane that surrounds your central nervous system, protects foreign substances from coming in, allows good substances, allows glucose, allows, allows water, allows your brain to be fed, but it w- will block certain things, including certain antibiotics, certain drugs. But this bacteria, along with a few other ones, um, are able to cross the barrier. And guess what can cross the barrier and still fight the bacteria? I'm going to go with bee venom therapy. Or bee venom. What's it called? Just bee venom, yeah. Bee venom. Alex. Couldn't remember his name. What? Alex Trebek? Yeah. Rest in peace. My. Poor little out. I heard Aaron Rodgers might be taking over that guy's job. That sounds weird. That's not great. I need to watch more. Shout out John Slack, our buddy with uh, Buenas Tardes Amigos podcast. He watches Jeopardy religiously. There are those. And we need to hit him up and see who he wants to be the, uh, the dude or. Or female, I kind of would like to see a female Alex Trebek. I don't just like a like hardy Jeopardy. Canadian woman. I just don't know any of the answers, so I don't want to watch. I it. love Jeopardy. It makes me feel dumb. We just don't have a TV. But I did know that answer. Uh, what was I talking about? So bee venom therapy can cross Crosses the blood-brain the blood barrier. Brain bar- so yeah, so it crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it'll also allow. So say you use it alongside an antibiotic, it'll let that antibiotic through too. It'll hold the door open for the antibiotic. So it can work alongside, um, but yeah, it'll cross through the blood-brain barrier. It'll seek out the bad bacteria and it'll go fight it. Um, and then does it pop the holes in that bacteria? Yeah, too? it pops. Exactly. It and pops then, the biofilm and allows for our immune system to come in and also aid it. Or the bacteria or the antibiotics also. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the blood-brain barrier is the really, I think the biggest part when it comes to Lyme disease, the biggest thing that is the difference in why it's effective. bee venom is so effective. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's why it really is wild, though, man. You can go down a rabbit hole on people that don't think chronic Lyme is a thing. It is just nuts. People don't think climate change is a thing. So how are people doing the bee venom therapy with, with Lyme? They're stinging alongside their spinal cord. So they're stinging... I think like kind of like super close, like quarter, half inch from their spinal cord, right along your spine. Um, and then that is allowing that, that bee venom to get into the, the spinal cord, get across that barrier, get into the central nervous system, travel up the spinal cord into the brain and go do its job. So before it gets diluted, it goes right yeah. there. And, and it, the bee venom is said to be able to run through the nerves. Once it gets in, it just like pew, just takes off. Mm, that sounds like I want that. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't want it because you don't want to need need to have it happen i don't want lyme disease yeah i want but you know sounds I, like it might be calming for the nerves but i'm like, thinking like you know if you're if you're working on your hip you might as well work start like near your spinal cord on your like lower back around your hip and get some double double effects out of it you know it's, do it it's nothing i mean Especially you have to be safe you say about it, the though. ice Oh yeah! Oh, I'm that like was the real curious. Total to get game stung changer. and not really feel it. Yeah, because usually when I get stung, I curse and throw my hive tool across the thing, <laughs> and then I got to go find it so I can scrape out the I was, stinger. <laughs> I was trying to record myself grabbing a bee, which is like I, you know, I've only grabbed I don't know twenty twenty five of these things like in doing this, and I was just grabbing them by hand at first. Now I'm using the little reverse tweezer. I think they're called forceps. Are no, they forceps? they're called reverse tweezers. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're also <laughs> called forceps, but I Googled reverse tweezer. Got uh, it. Or I Amazon Googled, whatever. Um, And I'm getting better at that, but I tried to record myself doing it. And like while I was doing it, a bee like flew onto my hand and rammed my hand a little aggressively. And I thought it was trying to sting me. And I just naturally just threw the camera and like had to go in the bushes and find the GoPro. <laughs> 
That well, that's like I threw your phone the other day. We were beekeeping. Oh, yeah. I was trying to take a video, and I just had like a nervous reaction, and I chopped you threw your it phone. So far. And you're like, "What are you doing?" I'm it like, didn't "Make uh, sense how far you threw sorry it." Sorry about that. Uh, your phone's fine. <laughs> I think I threw it onto a beehive. I was just like, "This <laughs> yeah, is very did. not." They did on like a hive that we had set aside. Oops. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh so, um. It's really interesting. I I kind of want to close on this. I, I'm not ever going to administer bee venom therapy. Uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. Um, You're not? Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm not a doctor. I stayed at a holiday. I no. wish you would have told me this um, a long time ago. Well, you know, I had to land you somehow. Oh, okay. You're a little out of my league. Um, uh, I'm not going to do that on that side. However, people that do bee venom therapy do it themselves. Um I, I'm learning as I go with this and, and I'm excited to like have you follow, have folks follow along with this process. And I'm excited to just like keep, keep letting this information flow and hope people look into it themselves. And that's what I want you to do. If this is something that you're like, Hmm, could this help go do research, listen to some other podcasts, get a, there's not a ton of like books out there, but you can read a lot of studies. There's Facebook groups, there's websites, read, 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 read the wackadoos that say bee venom's no different than bleach. Like, Bleach kills germs doesn't mean you should inject bleach. Uh, read the the people that f- say chronic Lyme isn't a thing. You know, get, take it all in. Watch the Fox News and the CNBC, whatever. And the independent journalists. Yeah. Um, but if you if you feel passionate, you've done research, and you know you go to your doctor, you get your EpiPen. And you oh, have right. your EpiPen. You didn't say that. Did I not say that? No, you didn't say we that. We have an EpiPen. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, we have Danielle. an EpiPen. Shout out to Danielle. Um, so we have, we always have one available in case, you know, something happens in the bee yard or you know, now with, with doing uh, bee venom therapy. Um, you go to your doctor, you get an Epi, a prescription, you get your pen, um, and you really want to do this. Let me know. I'll figure out a way to sell you some bees. Uh, I don't know pricing. I don't know anything. There's like little bee houses that you get and people will do like 40, 20 at a time. You know, they get like a two week amount of bees. Um, I, you know, I'd love it if everybody that wanted to do it could become a beekeeper. However, we don't need more beekeepers. We need better beekeepers as I always, I'm going to say on this podcast or always, but, um, if you can't have bees or you don't want to have bees and you want to go down this road, you know, just prove to me you you have a, a little more knowledge than listening to us talk. Um, and then let's try to figure out a way because I really am passionate about this type of alternative medicine. I, sure, it's, I feel it's dumb calling it alternative no, medicine because it, it was like the OG medicine. Uh, it's natural medicine. But, yeah, but societally it's alternative. Yeah. Um, but I feel passionate and just, I mean, just this two weeks of like pain relief I've had in my knee. I, I like want people to feel this. I don't know if people experienced, I didn't know how much pain I was experiencing until I didn't experience yes, it. Yes, I've had that before. It's so freeing. It's freaky and it's freeing. It's, Yeah. Again, I got a little pep in my step. Nice. Um, I need to hit a basketball court. I feel like I've been scared to dunk for the last like 15 years, but like I'm ready to jump again, baby. Let's do it. Um, Go school you in some b-ball. <laughs> yeah, Carrie's got a jump shot. I'll give her that. She's got a wicked pump fake too. Um, so yeah, so we've gone over in these last two episodes all of this. And we also, you know, we do have in the last episode, we said, do we have honey? We have, you know, a decent amount of honey. Yeah, not to... a ton. <laughs> we, I mean, we're, but you we're can at the go... end of last year's honey for sure. Um, but we have we have eight ounce jars. And yeah, one twenty four ounce jar left of summer honey. But we have you know handful of eight ounce jars left. And we'll have some more soon. They're available at Um We also have honeybee products with where we use honey and beeswax um, and other section of the website that tells you what products are you know, utilizing our apiary. Yeah. Um, and then we do have that propolis that we talked about last time, the propolis tincture, if you are interested in propolis. So we do have products that you can try also if this is something that you're interested in or you want to go get pollen. And we recommended um, swarm bus and honey. Um, so, yeah, we can help you out in all kinds of different ways. Yeah. And we're excited too. like this is what excites us and motivates us to learn more and to grow care, just skin care. Like, you know, we we. 
we're not we price things with carriage of skincare in a way that we want them to be able to reach more people um we kind of like i don't know whether it's on purpose or not but we kind of like everything is kind of wholesale price direct to the to the customer because we don't really sell through wholesale we just have a couple places but shout out dave's backyard uh, farms yeah which he creekside tavern and creekside market and market and tap in elkins park yeah so elkins park pennsylvania um not too far outside of philly there's a really rad market we actually went there today um and dave sells dave who runs the little market part um sells some carriage skincare soap and shampoo bars and some stuff there which is really awesome and he also has all kinds of tinctures and all like honey and yeah like he has all local organic food and cheese and milk and all kinds of stuff yeah so. he, and he's just awesome we love that guy um and we have so now we have pickup so we're just in horsham township but in ambler pennsylvania we have a little stand set up contact so if you list, order, curbside pickup you can choose pickup what kara is going to do is email you when your order is available to be picked up and but you need to let her know when you are going to pick it up just we don't just want to like put it outside yeah. and leave it there for a week we want to put it out the morning of. So it saves people shipping. It's less um, packaging, saves that way. So yeah, we're here to help. That is our passion. That's why we started Care Joe Skincare. That's why we started beekeeping. We're not just beekeepers to get honey. It's We're no. really looking at this as a holistic thing. And if you're beekeeping, it's interesting to kind of look into. Yeah. Start learning about and trying these things on your own. So. So thank you so much for listening. You're a rock star. This went, you you're, an, this you're, you're an absolute <laughs> rock star if you listen this far. It's a little longer of an episode than we were expecting. It? It's a border a little bit under an hour. Yeah. We try to keep them at 45, but I hope you can tell that we're really passionate about this and just passionate about bees and, and nature around bees and all these other things. So we are excited to keep talking about stuff. I don't know what the next episode is going to be. Send us your questions. But all please. of our fans. <laughs> <laughs> all of our fan. No, you know, I was thinking about it. If you round up our our subscribers, if you if you were to round up to the nearest thousandth, we thousand, we have about a thousand. A thousand, yeah, already. A, I know two episodes out. So I'm pretty excited about that. If you round it up to the nearest ten thousand, we have about ten thousand. Ten thousand listeners. Yeah, so we're we are hitting such it. influencers. Oh, <laughs> I also think it's funny. I have a whole page that's like fury against the FDA. And how the FDA approves bullshit drugs, but has a problem with bee stings. Uh, and I'm kind of excited I didn't get into it because it's just so upsetting um, seeing how jacked up our government food and drug administration is. Uh, and in doing that research, I came to the conclusion that before I do have a drug prescribed to me, I'm going to check if it's approved in Europe. Because there's a lot of drugs that the FDA approves that are not approved by the EU. Uh, and in skincare, in the very beginning, I remember learning there are 1,100 chem- substances, chemicals, chemicals, chemicals yeah. that are banned in skincare in the EU. 1,100. Uh, in the US, there are nine. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. I used to know. Nine. Well, does the EU, do you know what the EU says about BVT? It's a good question. I don't. Okay. Although it's, it, a lot of the work is being done in Europe on the research side, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, I You know, there's a lot of crosses between cannabis and BVT. Just I think they're both these natural things that are kind of like anti-pharmaceutical, anti-big company, natural, grown, plant. Uh, you know, you can't exactly engineer a bee like you can engineer a pill right there's not yet. money in it yeah so there's not money in it um so there's such a correlation in that regard um but it's uh so there's a lot going on in europe um a little bit more than here but uh, what i was trying to say is that at least um melaton and bee venom as a whole hasn't been like classified as a schedule one drug so that the you know you literally aren't even allowed to test it in a lab and try to find a medicinal purpose. Uh, it's not like that, but there's so many. It's just reading all, all about BVT. It really reminds me of cannabis and cannabis like 10 years ago where people were saying, it really helps me. I'm anecdotally, this is working. And people saying anecdotal doesn't count as evidence. 
there's no clinical trials that prove what you're saying and just like a lot of that fighting back and forth. Well, and I think that just comes back to the point that if you're interested in this, it's everybody is different and see if, you know, it starts small, see if it's for you and go from there. I yeah. think everybody and maybe it won't be for me in a week, but it's sure certainly is for me right now we'll based you know. on my experience. So follow us along. Thank you again for listening. We love you. You're a rock star. I'm Greg. I'm Kara Joe. See you next time. Thanks again. Play you out with our lovely little ditty until human hooks us up with a tune. Peace out y'all. Thank you.